0: Hello and welcome to Theology with Coffee. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I'm Kelson Wolverton, my other teammate and partner in crime. He is actually on vacation. But today I wanted to focus on um, the topic called Sukkoth, or in other words, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. We've already discussed Yom Kippur, which was perfect with uh, when we talked about the book of Hosea, but as we finished Joel last week, you know, we talked about Sukkoth and I thought, why not us talk about specifically why this specific feast is important and how it plays to each and every one of us today, um, and our walk, not only just in our growth with Jesus, but also just even with, within the church and why it was so significant. So you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, Kelson, you've been doing some of these Jewish holidays. Why are these important? Well, I'm telling you they're important because... There's seven feasts. There's four in the spring and there's three in the fall. And they're so significant because they're not going to only help you with just like understanding of the Bible reading, but it will just make sense why Jesus says the things that he does or why the prophets mention some of these festivals, all these things they interact. Again, we talked about how the Bible itself is such a beautiful, seamless story that all of it is connected. And so these feasts, these feasts are only dedicated to the Lord. That's why they're so important. And also, if they've been doing this, right, the Passover, Sukkoth, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, Rosh Hashanah, if they've been doing these things now for years upon years upon years, shouldn't we ourselves kind of have some background and insight and wisdom in understanding those feasts? So I just kinda wanted to give a little bit of why these are really important. So Sukkoth, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. This is considered one of the most joyous and rejoicing celebrations out of all the festivals. It's also the seventh one considering in the fall. And it always falls in the month of Tishri, which could be September and October. So they're not always gonna have the same exact date because the Jewish follow the lunar calendar. And so it's always going to change, but actually this past year, Sukkoth was a week long, it's always seven days, it's five days after the Day of Atonement, and we actually experienced Sukkoth um, in October, the first week to second week of, um, of that month. So... Uh, that's when it happens, but it lasts for seven days. It's a time where the people itself uh, would make these tabernacles, these booths, um, where it would have two sides and then a back, and you would do trees and branches. And they were commanded, God's people, back in Exodus and we see in Leviticus and Deuteronomy to set these tabernacles, set these booths, to to remind God, uh, God's people that He was her provision, their light, all throughout the wilderness within those 40 years of uh, setting up a shelter real quickly and setting it down. And so this continual continual traveling um, that we see why it's important, as well as not just God's goodness in the past, but also God's present of showing the harvest. Um, Other people call it the gathering is another term for Sukkoth. This is... um, A great time of just rejoicing. The another part of Sukkoth of the fact is that this was considered one of the three pilgrimages. So men um, had to go three times to Jerusalem to make this pilgrimage. We see that with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We see it with the Feast of uh, weeks. And then we also see it with the Feast of Tabernacles. And so everybody, all nations from all, you know, all, from everywhere would come to Jerusalem to uh make sacrifices, to build these temples, to rejoice in what God had been doing throughout his people and what he would continue to do. So just imagine as people come and they're building, their booths, you're seeing all these um, tabernacles and all the fire that's, that all these two lights just light up all throughout the temple. And, um, not only that, this would also be the time where the high priest, remember the high priest was the only one who kind of like facilitated Yom Kippur. We actually see all the 24 priests of that year working together, doing those, um, sacrifices and giving it back to the Lord. Um, They would also do at sundown is blow the chauffeur, which is that trumpet that we've talked about. Um, Establishing, we actually see that um, every single day. They would blow the chauffeur three times. But on the seventh day, um, they would do three sets of seven. Um, This is also where the priest would walk around the altar at least once. But on the seventh day, they would walk around it seven times. Um, Remember, the importance of seven means perfection, completion. Um, this is where also the, they would, uh, do a light ceremony. They would do candles. So just imagine like everything's so bright within that town, the campfires to the candles. They said there was like torch juggling and dancing and there was singing and then they would read some of the Psalms, the halal, um that David, you know, writes within the Psalms, as well as seeing Psalm 118. Now Psalm 118, if this kind of rings a light bulb right here, this is a messianic Psalm. This is where we see Hosanna, which means save me. And it's talking about the Messiah coming. And I just love this so much because they are rejoicing. They're, they're awaiting for the messiah and we see that this this the this messiah this prophet that's been talked about again and again and again the feast of tabernacles is so important that we actually see when solomon dedicates the temple to the lord god's shekinah glory actually establishes on the temple at the end of the feast of tabernacles so the light is supposed to represent the shekinah glory and not only that sukkoth is um the beginning an end of of harvest as well as rain. This is where the people themselves would ask for rain, for, for water to be established all throughout the fields. Again, for this land of, of of vines, of growth, of olive trees, you name it. And so at the end of the seventh day of, or the seven days of Sukkoth, they would have a water ceremony. And it was very uh, detailed and exuberant where they had to get it from this on the south gate to the next to the east gate. It's this long periodic thing. But what I find very significant is, like I said, they, they do this every year, but this so much ties in about Jesus, right? Jesus, who is the Messiah, that that, again, the people were singing and rejoicing, doing Psalm 118, waving the palm branches. And where do we see Jesus? Well, on Palm Sunday, when Jesus goes to Jerusalem riding on a donkey and the people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Another thing great, too, is that we actually see Jesus goes to the, um, is experiencing the Feast of Tabernacles. And we see that actually in John chapter 7 through 9. And how he goes into the temple, right? They're experiencing this, they're rejoicing, they're singing it, and I love it because it actually says in scripture where Jesus literally stands up, cries out, and he says, I am, like anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He even talks about, about I am the light the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will have the light of life. Oh, okay. So we just talked about the importance of water, the importance of light. Jesus comes in and he says, look, I am the water. I am whoever thirsts in me, come and find me. I am that refuge, that provider, that shelter. I am the living and the breathing. And if you believe in me, you have living water, just as like, I am the light of the world. That, That light, those menorahs, the candles, the torches. Yes, that is light. But ultimately, I am the light. I am the light that brightens and shines out throughout the darkness. And so you can see where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're like freaking out. And they're really angry about this because this is all happening, right? During the Feast of Tabernacles. And even Jesus talks about this at the end which would be the Sabbath. And so you see where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are like wanting to arrest him, wanting to find out, like thinking that uh, Jesus himself is a hypocrite. But we see that where Jesus does become those things, that the light that Jesus shines becomes within us, right? Becomes in our hearts who dwells and lives among his people And that when people experience Jesus, they themselves become the light. Isn't it amazing that when we ourselves go out and live our ordinary lives, so some people can just see that there's something different, that they see that light, that they see Jesus working and moving inside and outside of our lives by just not only by our words, but by our actions. And that's what Jesus is saying here no longer will they look for other things but they will thirst for him and him alone so the modern version of Sukkot today is that you still built uh forts or booths you would do that in their patio and you would make those things you wouldn't completely cover it up because at night they say um in israel especially in the autumn you can see The sky just so clear and so perfect and so beautiful. And you can see the stars. And again, a reminder of how Jesus is our morning star, is our morning light. And we actually see those specific terms again and again all throughout scripture, especially within the prophets. We also see too that even though the light ceremony and the water ceremony isn't really a thing anymore, we actually see where we celebrate at the end of Sukkoth um, it's called the Shimrat Torah, which talks about rejoicing about God's word, the Bible itself. Just how we, um, uh, we read God's word, you know, reading scripture all throughout the year from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, they themselves, uh, the Jewish people, will read the book of the law and they would start from Genesis, always in the end of Deuteronomy. And so they would finish Deuteronomy in the chapter and start with Genesis again, and that cycle continues. About how God Himself brought the law, who wrote the law, who gave it to Moses and gave it to us. That God's truth, that His commands and His laws, remain in here. And so we celebrate with that because I think we ourselves, all the time, and especially in the in the Western world, we have the Bible in our fingertips on our phones. Uh, We can listen to it on the radio. We probably have several Bibles. And yet, sometimes I think we take it for granted of other countries that even just a piece, a piece of God's word makes a difference. And if you haven't seen videos before, I really encourage you to do so. But even that of, of, of people tribes, of people groups who don't have a Bible in their own language, finally have it. And you see the rejoicing, the Enthusiasm, the life of knowing that they have a Bible that's written in their heart language. It just fills you with just joy and fills you with awe. And so, even with Sukkoth, we express and we thank God for His Word that He writ- has been written and that was given by the Holy Spirit to the many different people all throughout all years and ages and different parts, and yet all come together into this beautiful, perfect love story, this love letter given to each and every one of us. So we also rejoice in the fact of reading God's word at the end. So how does it play with us? Well, ultimately, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus talks about how he will come again in the second coming, the second coming of knowing that Remember, the nations themselves were scattered, that that wasn't part of God's plan. From Genesis 1 to 11, we see where God was wanting humanity to love and to know, but we see where sin overtakes again and again. And so because of that, the nations itself were scattered, but God chose one man to start off with. And we see that with Abraham and his generation. But that wouldn't stop there, that ultimately God wanted all people all nations, all people groups to come and to gather again, just as with Sukkoth, where everyone would come and come to the temple to experience God's, Shekinah's glory. Jesus will come back again and will be that tabernacle that will be that temple, that light, that Shekinah glory, and will establish his his reign, his throne on the Mount of Zion once again. And again, I will uh, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Isaiah talks about like he the waters itself will split, that it will come. And so we look forward to the day, right? The day of the Lord. We talked about that a lot with Joel, that it's judgment and deliverance. That it's not just a present it's not just a past, but it's also a future and that the, right? The capital, the day of the Lord, Jesus will come again and it will establish this feast of boost of knowing that he is our provider, that our light and all nations will come together, will gather to experience the morning star, to thirst and have that living water that Jesus expresses in John and become part of this beautiful family. And then again, that it's all accepting for all people that either we believe in Jesus or we don't believe in Jesus. And so, my prayer and my challenge this week for you is how has God been a light in your life? Is He your thirst, your living water that you are satisfied and sustained by? That He is your refuge that he is your strength. And I challenge you that you would be that light, that you would be that fresh water to the people around you within your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your families, to your communities. And even though Sukkot has already ended, that doesn't mean that we continue to live that legacy for him. That we continue to celebrate and rejoice and be thankful that Jesus, Hosanna, saying me would come and die on the cross for each and every one of us and so we ourselves deserved sin and punishment within our life. But he, he thought he was worthy. We thought we were. He thought we were worthy enough to die so that we can experience the indwelling that Spirit, just like in, just like in Joel talks about the importance of the Holy Spirit, we see that fulfilled in Acts that we ourselves would experience that. The living and the indwelling of God living inside and outside of our lives, guiding and directing as we continue to know him within our uh, personal relationship, but also to share that abundance with the people all around us. Thank you so much for coming with Theology with Coffee. Um, looking forward to reuniting with my partner, Taylor, as we actually go into the book of Amos. Aren't you excited? It will be the same journals that you see here, so you won't have to get a new one. And um, if you don't have one, we would love to send you one as well as to a um, for a friend. And so if you can email us at theologywcoffee at gmail.com. We would love for you to do that. Always feel free to comment on our Facebook page, email us with questions, maybe a book that you wanted to do because we love doing that for you. Let me pray for you and that'll be the end of Theology with Coffee today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are our light, that you are our water, that we thirst, the living water, that it only comes from you and you alone thank you that the importance of Sukkoth and why it's so significant not just back then but and now it is today and how learning about these festivals not just about Sukkoth but all the rest of them how they're significant and super important in our walk and understanding of scripture and why Jesus said the things that he had to say how that can play into our our minds and so father I just pray that um But there is people right now watching this, even listening to this on our podcast later, that you would just give them a passion and a desire to just know your word. Sometimes we become stagnant. Sometimes we become lukewarm. We're all guilty of that. But I pray that they would just have delight in reading and meditating your gospel, of growing into the man or the woman that you have called them to be. And that we ourselves would be that light, right, in a dark world. That we would stand out. That we would be this fire, as, as John Wesley talks about, get on fire for God so people can see you burn. And that people would see that, that magnificent fire within us. That they would see that difference and ask the question, what is it that they have? What is it that joy, that love, that, that fulfillment? And that we would have the opportunity and the boldness To step out in faith and share the best news that there is. As we go into Thanksgiving, as we go into Christmas and all the busyness that's going to happen, Father, I pray that we would take time to just be still and to know that you are God, that you will be exalted among the nations, that you will be exalted among the earth, that we would be thankful and grateful for what you have not done in our own lives but in our brothers and sisters in Christ we would be thankful for the harvest that you have provided in all of our lives as well as the incarnation of Jesus who came as a baby on earth so he could experience humanity the feels and emotions just as we do So, Father, we thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.